uh, question with, with regards to Terry Kill. How, is there any way to coach for that speed? Because obviously he seems to have a gear that pretty much nobody has. Uh, I mean, coach for it. Like, can we make somebody that fast? <laughs> no, but I mean, do, do you have to have guys adjust angles when they're pursuing him? Uh, change cushions when they're covering him? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, – you know, look, we've we've seen it, and a lot of our players have have dealt with it, and as you said, have to make those um, subtle adjustments in terms of angles and leverage and and so forth. Um, you know, every situation is a little bit different. Who's where, and how fast everybody's moving, and what direction we're going in, and the opponents going in, and so forth. So. But yeah, certainly there's there has to be an awareness of that. It's a little bit different him and, and everybody else, no question. Thank you. You're welcome. Our next question, Mike Petraglia, followed by Dave Brown. Thanks, Stacy. Um afternoon, Bill. Um availability Hi. hey, um availability's always been something you've stressed. Uh, every season is different, but it seems like your roster is pretty healthy and ready to go in all three phases at this point anyway. I'm curious uh, what kind of work um, does your staff do all season to try and ensure that kind of health and readiness at this time of year? Uh, well, it's really a, you know, a combination of um, training, which is having the athlete train and prepared for the competition and um, a certain element of you know, recovery or um, treatment to deal with things that are um, less than 100% that need to try to be um, treated and, and dealt with so that we can be as close to 100% as possible. So, you know, collectively, there's a lot of people involved in that process, but ultimately that's what you try to do is is train train the healthy players to be able to, to compete at a high level for a sustained period of time and uh, rest, rehabilitate, and recover um, the athletes that need that so that they can eventually train at the full capacity to, to be able to train for the, for the high competition. Would you would you say you've been pretty pleased with the way both your, your players and, and and the coaching staff and the training staff have worked this year? It's, it seems like it's been a um, a remarkably strong finish to the season in terms of health. Uh, yeah, I think all the parties, um, our strength and conditioning staff, our training staff, and our our players have all worked extremely hard, and I think that work. Has, has paid off and it's shown up and we're going to continue to do it. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of, a lot of sweat there. Great. Thanks, Bill. You're welcome, Mike. Our next question, Dave Brown, then we'll go down to the media workroom. Go ahead, Dave. Gotcha, man, Bill. Uh, I'm curious, you play, you play half your games of the year on the road, obviously, and that means, in a number of places where surfaces, uh, field surfaces are different, 
Uh, I'm curious if there's any forethought given to field conditions before you arrive um, in the place where you're playing, and if there's any institutional knowledge about the field conditions uh, in the places where you might be playing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> That's part of our weekly preparation to uh, know the the field that we're playing in and what the conditions are, uh, whatever they are from um, dome to outdoor stadium to whatever the potential for weather um, could be, and to have the proper equipment and uh, gear and so forth that, that we need for whatever it is we're, we're playing in. Yeah, we, we definitely do that. In some cases, we can practice that way. Uh, in some cases, we can't. But if we're able to utilize a practice tool prior to the game because of the way the, the circumstances fall, then great. And if we're not, then we, we prepare uh, mentally and talk about how we want to do certain things or what whatever the issues are. Um, and yeah, that, that's part of it. I mean, I would say that's that's not the major part of it. The major part of it is, is playing the opponent that you play. Um, obviously, at this time of year, is, is another great football team. They're the number one seed in the AFC, so uh, you can't in no way, shape, or form am I suggesting that we would look past our opponent toward possible, something that could possibly affect the game, but I think you have to be aware of those, but I mean, in the end, this is going to come down to how we compete against the Chiefs. And um, as a follow-up, is there, is there any way to, um, I mean, obviously there are differences between turf and grass, and, and I think that they're, um, they're pretty clear, but is, is there a difference between Playing on grass uh, as opposed to turf, where where you play at home, is, does it affect um, things that you're able to do in any way? Or, or you know, obviously you would know better than I. Is there some um, is there something you can articulate about the difference between grass and turf? There are definitely differences, and there are some things that that um, some things that can affect us and we try to take those into consideration <clears throat> ahead of time. Sometimes um, those things don't become apparent or um, they don't declare until you actually get to the game. Sometimes it changes during the game and, and you have to make that adjustment. So, uh, but yeah, we, I would say in, during the year we practiced in most every condition we could we could get, and it would be pretty unusual for something to come up that we haven't at least approximated in in a practice setting, so we can refer back to well when this when it's like this or when this happens, this, we need to make this adjustment because we've already talked about it and made it. So it would have to be something pretty extraordinary to I think to fall outside of that. 
out of those experiences that we've had over the course of the year. But if it did, it would we would just broaden our our um, net and and try to make the adjustment we need to make to to be able to handle it. Great, thank you. Uh, we're going to go down to the media workroom for the media that are gathered there, and then back to Ben Bowles. Hey, Bill, it's Doug Kide. Uh I've got two questions for you, actually. Uh, first one is, with your assistance, how important is it for them to not over, not only oversee their positions, but also see the bigger picture? Uh, well, we, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important. There's a balance. We, we talk about that every week. Um, an overall team perspective uh, on a number of different levels, and then uh, an individual coach's position as it fits into that unit uh, and the players in that unit, how, how they would fit into another unit so where the offense and defense overlaps with special teams. <clears throat> so, yeah, we, we try to talk about those things. It's, I think a lot of the roles are fairly fairly well established, but from week to week there are some variables and, and – um, some guys will, will have more or less um, as an expectation. We don't know exactly how the game's going to go, but the expectation might be more or less than um, a previous week or maybe what the norm is. Um, and some players know that their their role is, is dependent on um, what our opponent does and how they do it and how frequently they do it. That, that determines a little bit of their role because they're part of a matchup. So, uh, but yeah, as far as understanding the bigger picture uh, as it relates to the preparation of, of an individual unit, there's definitely an element of that. And my uh, other question was just, what's made J.C. Jackson so effective against the deep ball this season? Well, that's you know, that's always a priority for every every defensive back, corner, or safety is to be able to defend the deep part of the field. So that's something that um, Josh and Steve and Brian Flores and you know we work on all the time um, is defending the deep ball, proper technique, proper leverage, um, proper use of if there is help, um, how to use that in, in your leverage to, to maximize our coverage in, in the deep part of the field. Uh, so again, there are certain fundamental things that apply there, but there are also specific things from week to week that um, could override that based on the type of play or players or uh, scheme that our opponents use. So. I'll just say it's something that's constantly coached, reinforced, worked on, and and it's extremely important to the players, uh, all of them. There's no obviously no defensive back wants wants that play to happen. Um, so they're they're very cognizant of what the threats are and how how we need to defend it. Um, so the, I mean, it's, again, it's not anything that's specific to one individual player. I mean, JC is part of that, but so is everybody else. 
Coach Williams. Anyone else here? Worker? Yeah, we got one more. Okay. We have two more questions down here, if it's okay, Stacey. Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, this is William Mendenson, Coach. Uh, obviously, Hello. every week, it, how are you doing? Every week it's important to start fast, but is this weekend especially important given their passing offense and the fact that they seem to be the type of team that obviously wants to get a lead given their two strong pass rushers in D. Ford and Justin Houston? Uh, right. Well, I, I think you 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 highlighted it at the beginning. Um, you always want to start fast. You always want to play from ahead. You always want to get off to a good start. But I think you know, these are 60-minute games, um, and this time of year, you're you're going to see you're going to have to battle all the way through. But it's always good to try to get off to a good start. There's, I think, historically, no better fast-starting team than the Chiefs. Um, Coach Reed's always done a great job of that, and um, they've they've outscored their opponents by uh, I think it's about 100 points or so this year. Um, and so that's a big advantage to to play the last three quarters with. Um, certainly, we don't we don't want to be in that position, um, but and nor do they, I'm sure. But look, we're, everybody's going to compete for 60 minutes or, or longer, however long it takes uh, this weekend, and that's what we have to be ready for. But yeah, of course we we want to you know we want to do well early. We want to do well. In the fourth quarter, too. So it's um, Mike Reese. I was curious, what traits stand out to you that have made Sony Michelle an effective running back? Well, he's he's had a lot of production uh, in his career at that position. I think you've seen it certainly when he was in college. He's has good vision. He's strong. Runs a good pad level, gains yards after contact. He's got a good set of running skills. Looks like next question will be Ben Volan. Go ahead, Ben. Hi, Bill. Uh, I know you in the past you've uh, spoken very highly of Andy Reid. Uh, and uh, the long relationship you guys have had as coaches. Just curious, what are some of the hallmarks of Andy Reid's team and just what's it like to try to prepare and, and go up against uh, one of his teams? Well, the number one, the number one characteristic is they're always good. Um, they were good at Philadelphia, and he went out to Kansas City, and they became good there right away. Um, they've dominated their division. I don't know, 20-something and three, or I don't know, the last time I looked, it was, I mean, it's just, you know, he's he's built a, a dominant team um, that um, is experienced. They have, they have a lot of players who are experienced in his system. Um, even a guy like Mahomes, who's we know is a young player, but you know he sat and learned all last year, and obviously has learned well, and is, is more than ready when they put him in there. I think that's one thing Andy does well is he, if he puts a rookie in there, then then the guy's ready. If he needs a little more time, then it gives him a little more time, and then when he's ready, then he puts him in there. But 
Um, the players that, that they play are generally pretty experienced. They know what they're doing. Uh, they don't beat themselves. They're a very explosive team that, um, like he had in Philadelphia, that they can score quickly on offense. They can turn the ball over and score quickly on defense. And they can return the ball and make plays in the return game. Which are really offensive plays. And he's an offensive coach, so the offensive plays they get on special teams and the offensive plays they get on offense. Um, when you combine all that together, it's a lot of a lot of firepower, a lot of explosive plays. But Andy's teams are always tough, well-disciplined. Um, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They make you beat them. And that's hard to do because they're they're sound and he gets good players and, and he coaches them well and they're tough. So. When you face a coach like that where, where you have so much history against him, does that make the chess match – you know, do you have to go deeper into game planning? Well, he's going to do this because I know he's going to do that. Like, does it make it more complicated for game planning because you have such a history with him? Well, Andy's a tough, tough matchup for anybody because they do so many things and they do so many things well. Um, I mean, the success that they've had, not only this year, but as I said, all six years that he's been there, is is very impressive, um, and there's a million things you could find in any of those years, and who knows if that's the one he's going to pick out against you. So I think you have to you, know, you have to put your chips on something. You have to you know, try to try to do something that you feel like is important in the game. Try to do that well, and have a plan for how you're going to deal with other things and. Then let the game declare a little bit, which it will. But yeah, at this point, there are a lot of possibilities. There are a lot. There are a lot of things they could do. So I think trying to read his mind is really that beneficial. Um, they're so good at, at so many things that I think the most important thing for us is that we're whatever we try to do, that we're able to do it well and able to adjust to the to the multiples that he's going to give you. Um, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Ben. No problem. Uh, it looks like we have two final questions. We'll go to Henry McKenna, uh, followed by Keith Pierce. Go ahead, Henry. Go ahead, Henry. Hey, afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Bill. Henry. I, I was curious uh, what you thought of Patrick Mahomes and whether he reminds you of anyone, uh, maybe from a historical comparison or, or anything like that. Uh, I don't know about the comparison. It's, it's um, you know, when you put a player in a particular system like Andy's system, then obviously the player is going to have similarities to other players that have run that system because that's what the system is. Um, but look, he's an outstanding player in every every facet of the game. He's he's got a strong arm. He's, he can uh, throw the ball the length of the field, but he's got a great touch. Uh, he's got the ability to read coverages, extend plays, uh, make good decisions, and 
make explosive plays without taking too much of a risk and putting his team in jeopardy. So he does all those things well. Um, that's a credit to him. It's a credit to their 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 team and certainly the coaching staff for being able to um, put together the variety and the explosiveness and the, the complementary plays that they have uh, that make it so difficult to defend them. Does it, does it ever surprise you uh, when he, you know, throws across his body, throws that, you know, the, the average NFL quarterback maybe wouldn't attempt? Um, and does that force you to defend more of the field? Uh, well, you certainly have to defend the whole field with him. Um, I'd say that's Andy does a real good job of that anyway. Um, with the plays that they run, they they attack you from sideline to sideline and you know from the line of scrimmage uh, and behind the line of scrimmage on screen plays and things like that to 60 yards downfield and all the spots in between. So and and Mahomes could make it even more of a problem by extending a play or scrambling around and uh, which he's done many times. We've seen that many times on film. Talk to our players about it and it's we we don't want that situation to come up, but I'm sure at some point it will, um, probably more than once and we'll have to deal with it then. So yeah, it's very challenging. Um he he can do a lot. Uh, we play against great players every week. They they have different uh, they come in different shapes and sizes and different skill sets, but they're all they're all good in their own way. They all can can create problems for uh, for us or the opponent, us in this case. So again, we'll do the best we can this week to try to you know, defend what we can defend, and there'll be some things that we'll have to. If we overcompensate one way, then we'll be a little light somewhere else. Um, if we're balanced, we're balanced. So we'll just have to decide how we want to try to deploy our our players and on different situations and so forth, and, and see how that turns out. But yeah, it's it's a big challenge, no question. Thank you, guys. We've gone long on this call, so I'm just going to end it there. Thank you very much, Coach. Okay. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs>